It's More Money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with More Money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Hello, folks. This is the More Money Show. This is Steve Moore. This is WBC Radio, and we are live. We are live today. Thanks for joining. We are on every Saturday afternoon on WBC and other affiliates uh, from 1 to 2 p.m., and it is my honor, by the way, to follow the Kudlow Show. Uh, thank you all for uh, joining in. If you're a regular listener, uh, appreciate it. We have good ratings, and if you're new to the show, I hope you enjoy it. We talk about money, we talk about politics, we talk about finance, and we have a good time on this show as well. So it, the hour will fly by, by. I'm really excited about the two guests that we're going to have on today uh, near the bottom of the hour, Monica Crowley. You all know Monica. She is a sweetheart. She's wonderful. She's a, uh, one of the uh, smartest um, analysts they have on Fox News. You see her almost every night, and she's a good friend. And I want to get her political perspective, and I'm going to have on Anthony Esposito, who is one of the best financial analysts in the country with Scotia Bank, and so we're going to have a wonderful discussion, so please stay tuned for that. I'm going to try to squeeze in some calls at the end of the show today. I can't guarantee that we're going to be able to do that because we have a pretty jammed show. I want to start, by the way, with just this opening monologue to talk a little bit about President Trump uh, and also the upcoming debate. And then also very briefly, this uh, mythology that Bidenomics has been some kind of grand success. And let's start with Trump. Um, as many of you know, if you were listening to the Larry Kudlow show, Larry did a, an incredible interview with Donald Trump for over an hour uh, that showed on Fox News this uh, past week. And it was a, a blockbuster of an interview. And I was fortunate enough to be there uh, in uh, uh, New Jersey, uh, Bedminster, with uh, Larry and with President Trump. And then we had a really nice dinner with the president. And we were about four or five of us, of us including Newt Gingrich, the speaker. And uh, uh, we had uh, the great Linda McMahon, who was the former uh, Small Business Administration director, and my friend Brooke Rollins, who was uh, a, a, one of the chief domestic policy advisors for Trump. And so anyway, I mentioned this dinner because uh, we spent about two hours with the president. And I have to tell you, I mean, his stamina, his optimism, the fact that he has just in the great spirits that he's in, I find to be remarkable. I mean, there has been no American in the last 50 years who has been so abused by the media by a corrupt Justice Department and FBI than Donald Trump. And I know people have very different opinions about Donald Trump. Sometimes I love him. Sometimes I, I get angry at him. Uh, his behavior sometimes is hard to justify. And I, I was sick to death about what happened on January 6th. But what the what President Trump did for our country in the four years that he was in office and the policies that he put in place were remarkably successful. and. I know, again, I know maybe as much as half of this audience does not think highly of Donald Trump. I mean, some of my best friends don't like Donald Trump. Some of my family members don't like Donald Trump. But I will say this, and I think you'll have to admit it. 
even if you're someone who thinks that Donald Trump should not be reelected president, you may think he's a scoundrel. You may think he's guilty of some of these indictments. Uh, who knows? But you have to admit that the policy that Donald Trump put into place for our country were remarkably effective. And we had an economic boom in this country that we hadn't seen in 40 years. And the only thing that prevented Donald Trump from being reelected in 2020 was COVID. If it had not been for COVID and the change in the voting rules, there is no question that Donald Trump would still be president today. And so um, I just want to report to you that I saw kind of a new Donald Trump. Uh, you know, for the last year or two, he's been grousing. He's been angry at the world. He's complaining all the time about the election and this and that. That's a little bit behind him, not completely. But what, what I saw from Donald Trump at our dinner and in the interview that he did with Larry is a guy who has a vision for this country. And it is based on the old fashioned principle of putting America first, which he made famous back in 2016. And I asked him, you know, Mr. President, when you are reelected, and I think there's a good chance he will be reelected, um, what, how long will it take for you to restore the prosperity that we had under your administration? And he said, looked right, right in the eye and said, Steve, give me six months. He said, in six months, we will get the American economy booming again. And folks, I believe he can do that because he's done it before. Let's not forget that when Trump took over, he took over from Barack Obama and, you know, wonderful man, but a unsuccessful president when it came to his economic policies. We had years and years and years of very, very high unemployment under uh, Obama. We had you know rising budget deficits uh, and the country was simply not headed in the right direction. Trump comes in, turn things around. Then Biden comes in. And of course, just about everything that Biden has done on the economy has been a failure. Uh Incidentally, the the uh, president Trump, Biden said the other day that he's created more jobs than any other president. I think most of you know that he's lying about that. He's counting the jobs that came back after COVID ended. As I said last week, you know, Donald Duck would have produced those jobs if he had been elected president. Those were just recovery jobs that had been created under Trump. Uh, but he says he's cut the deficit by $1.7 trillion. No, he hasn't. The deficit this year is going to be $2 trillion, one of the highest levels ever. He says he's brought gas prices down. Folks, have you been to the gas station lately? I was in uh, Virginia uh, a couple days ago, uh, filled up my tank, $4.39 a gallon for regular, for regular unleaded, four thirty nine a gallon. It was two forty nine a gallon when Trump left uh, the office. Did you see what's happening, folks, with the latest news on mortgage rates, the mortgage interest rate when Donald Trump left office, ready for this, 2.95% was a 30-year mortgage. Today, 7.1%. I mean, how do you screw things up so quickly? The more the uh, the uh, inflation rate, the consumer price index, when Trump left office, 1.6%. A year and a half later, Biden somehow took it up to 9.2%. We're still somewhere between 3 and 4%, and even I think that number is low. If gas prices are rising. That means inflation is going to go higher. So these things are not headed in the right direction. Um, it's hard to see anything that is headed in the right direction. Crime is headed in the wrong direction. Illegal immigration is headed in the wrong direction. Mortgage rates are headed in the wrong direction. Inflation is going to continue to rise. And by the way, the worst statistic of all for Biden is that um, since he has become president, 
depending on, there's different studies on this, but somewhere between four and $8,000 of lost income for the average American family. And that means Biden has made people poor. Now, how are they dealing with that? How are middle-class families dealing with the high inflation? They're borrowing more. So you may have seen a statistic that came out just about three or four days ago. The, the amount of total Credit card debt by Americans is $1.06 trillion. Americans are borrowing more and more money just to run to keep in place. That's a very dangerous trend. Now, I want to say something because I've talked about Trump, but I want to be fair-minded and tell you that I think the Republicans have a fabulous um, array of candidates that are running for president. And I will be going to Milwaukee on Wednesday for the first presidential debate on the Republican side of the aisle. And I think there will be nine or 10 candidates there. Uh, Donald Trump is not expected to be at that debate. He announced the other day he's not coming. But you know what? I know I know Donald Trump pretty well. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was a last-minute entry into that debate. Maybe I'm probably wrong about that, but I wouldn't put it past him. If he flew in that plane, uh, that Trump plane, into Milwaukee, and he showed up. Um, I'm not betting on it, but I think it's certainly a possibility. But let's say that he doesn't show up. What what do we expect? Uh, what do I expect from that debate? Well, first of all, I think there's two candidates that we should really be focusing on. Although, as I said, I love all these candidates. I think we've got some really great people running for president, uh, except for Chris Christie. I'm not a big Chris Christie fan. Come on, Chris. Just, you know, he's in that race just to tear down the president. But Right now, there's two candidates to be keeping an eye on. One is, of course, the great governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. And Ron DeSantis has not run a good campaign. He's been a fantastic governor. What he's done the state for Florida, uh, of Florida has been incredible. I mean, Florida is just absolutely booming thanks to his great leadership. And he's done school choice. He's cut taxes. He's done economic development. People's incomes are rising. Boy, would I love to see all of America look like Florida. Uh, but for some reason, he's just not connecting with voters. I don't, and I can't explain it. Uh, he's only at about 10 to 12% in the polls right now. He's in second place, but he's a distant second from Trump, who's over 50%. Um, I'd like to see DeSantis make a little bit of run here. Let's, let's have a competitive race. Uh, I have to confess I'm for Trump. I'm a Trump guy. I'm one of his economic spokesmen, but I'd like to see uh, a, a, a very competitive race. Now, by the way, I'm sure that President Trump isn't happy with my saying that, but but that's my attitude. Now, I want you to keep an eye on someone else, though, folks, in this race, who is the wild card. And he is just emerging as a real Republican superstar. And, of course, that's Vivek Ramaswamy. And Vivek is a young guy. I've known him uh, for the last five or six years. And he's – yeah. how old is he? I think he's in his mid-30s, uh, maybe – 36, 37. He's just barely old enough to run for president, but he is uh, making so much noise because he's putting great ideas out there. He wants to shut down the Department of Education and go with vouchers. I love that idea. Let's give that money to the parents and the and the and the families not have it go to the education blob. That would put five thousand dollars into the hands of every uh, parent with a, with a with a child. Uh, the other thing he wants to do, and I love this idea, you got to pass a citizenship test if you're under the age of 21 and you're going to vote. Now, I know some people don't like that. I, I love it. You got to know something about our country if you're going to vote. I'd love to hear your guys' responses to that. Um, I've, I've, uh, I am going to take a quick break now. Unfortunately, uh, time is up, but, uh, don't go away. 
We're going to hear from uh, two of the best in the business on finances. Uh, that, of course, is uh, is Ryan and Bob Payne, uh, two great friends and two great money advisors. Listen to what they have to say. And then after we hear from the Paynes, we will be hearing from Monica Crowley and Anthony Esposito on what comes next for our country and what to do with your money. This is The More Money Show, and I'm Steve Moore. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. W-A-B-C. Hey, it's Ryan Payne and Bob Payne from Payne Capital Management. Of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E. Here every week on the More Money Show, talking the markets, the economy. I'm Bob. Man, oh man, we've gotten a little selling here, a little what I would call summer swoon in stock prices. What do you make of it? You know, right, sometimes in the markets, good news is bad news, bad news is good news, right? We've had good news on the economy, so now that's been bad news for the market because rates have been going up. But, you know, last year all the experts told you it's going to be bad news, don't get invested. Now they tell you it's good news, don't get invested. Do me a favor, <laughs> get invested. Yeah, just get invested. Well, look, I mean, bottom line is we've had a magnificent run, right? If you look at last October till the end of July markets were up like something like 28%. And as, as you know, as in life, I mean, nothing's linear. Um, we were probably due for a little bit of a market correction here. And there's been some fear. You know, you look at the 10 year treasury that's moved up over, over four and a quarter percent. So inflation fears are still out there. But to your point, I mean, overall, like, you know, you're due for a little correction here. Uh, you know, things overall are pretty good. No, they're very good. And, you know, trees don't grow to the sky. So you have. In the market, the the nature of markets is they have corrections, right? They don't go straight up. I mean, it felt that way. June and July were, you know, like straight up rockets. Um, now they're having what we call a correction. People are taking some chips off the table, but giving an opportunity for those who aren't invested to get some money in, into the market, buddy. Yeah, but, Bob, but I hear that siren song of like, okay, markets are volatile. They're uncertain. Just put your money at 5% in a money market fund. And at face value, that sounds like great advice, but I know you have some problems with that. Well, it's a great place to be, you know, if you just have cash and you need something for short term. I mean, this time last year, you know, that same uh, treasury was getting 2%, right? Now it's getting 5 Problem is next year you might be just getting 2 and inflation's at 3 4%. You've got to invest your money to overcome inflation. So diversification is really the secret to success and wealth creation, Rye. Not having a sure thing day by day. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think the, the big red flag is what we call reinvestment risk because you are getting 5% today. But if you start looking out, you know, we've talked about inflation a lot. The inflation numbers continue to come in lower and lower. And by next year, a lot of the experts uh, are pricing in that the Fed's going to start to cut rates. So that means that 5% treasury that you have that comes due next year or that money in the money market fund getting 5%. That could be like 3% or lower next year uh, when that money comes due. And then what do you do? You know, you miss the boat if you just keep all your money short term. And that does, unless I look, 2, 3% doesn't get you to your retirement goals, by the way. 
No, it really doesn't. And the fact of the matter is the economy is not having a hard landing or a soft landing. It's having no landing, right? It's flying high, right? We'd be getting really good reports on the economy. And eventually what that means is companies are going to make more money. That earnings go up, price of stocks go up. So you really want to take advantage of this correction in the market to get invested so you can stay retired and overcome inflation and taxation. Yeah, it's a really good point because when the market sells off, of course, the negativity gets amplified, right? You start watching the news and you start hearing about how, you know, we have big problems now, inflation, it's not going to go away. Uh, we have this huge deficit, which are definitely problems. I don't want to discount that. But, you know, you have to ignore the noise to some extent. To your point, you know, look, we got wages are super strong right now. I mean, we have a labor shortage in this country. Wages are going up over inflation. Inflation, we talk about it every week. It's been coming down every single week. And China was having big problems. Well, believe it or not, their problems are our benefit because they're having problems, which means they're selling their goods to the U.S. at lower prices, which is basically giving us lower costs, which is actually giving us more disinflation, you know, something that's a real positive for our economy. But that's the thing, right? When you think about financial planning and think about investing for the future, um, you know, whenever you look at inflation and, and now, it's, you know, it's, it's really on our minds now because we've seen hyperinflation, not hyperinflation, but large increase in inflation in the last year, even though it's come down, you know, you're still seeing the cost of living going up by three to 4%, which means the money that it costs you to live on today is going to cost you double in the next 20 years. So you've got to have a plan to overcome that, right? It's not going to happen sitting in cash. It's going to happen by being invested in a diversified portfolio to grow your capital, right? So you can overcome that cost increase, which is embedded in the system. Yeah, it's a great point. And we've seen that like oil prices have stayed strong here. So I think you have to anticipate you know, inflation is not going away. It may be coming down. It's not going away. <laughs> so you have to solve for that. And it goes back to what we were just talking about before. It's like getting that 5% yield, that's a temporary solution. And when it comes to long-term financial planning, you don't need temporary solutions. You need long-term solutions. And that just doesn't cut it. You know, we see this every week. We probably look at maybe 50 portfolios a month. We see what everybody's out there doing. We know what you're doing out there. And that's one of the biggest mistakes you're making is you're just parking all this money in cash, think you have it covered. But the problem is that's not going to solve your long-term inflation problem. And, and most of us need to solve for that. Yeah, here's the thing. You know, when you look at history, right, just two, three years ago, the Dow had dropped all the way down to 18,000, right? And even with this correction we've had in the last couple of weeks, you're at close to 35,000 on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. So all through history, if you look through your lifetime, you look back on every time there was a correction in the market, it was 5%, 10%, or 20%, it wasn't a time to panic. It was an opportunity, right? And that's what drives me crazy. People in the media, they keep telling you, oh, the past drops were opportunities. The drop coming up, oh, that's a huge risk. You know, No, it's something you got to embrace. It's, it's something you have to use to invest, you know, in order to grow your capital, to exactly do what you said, to overcome inflation, uh, because inflation's real and, you know, your retirement can't withstand, you know, inflation over time. That's exactly right. And, you know, meanwhile, right now, you know, you have all this uncertainty and you have all this volatility. Ironically, that's your friend as a long-term investor. So instead of putting your head in the sand, this is the time, this is the opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to get on top of my financial life. And if you're thinking to yourself right now, okay, Bob and Ryan, I hear every single week, your optimism, maybe it's contagious, or maybe I just need a game plan for retirement. Well, here's your shot to do it. 
We keep 10 slots open for the entire show. If you saved over a million dollars for your financial independence or retirement, Bob and I will run for you our total financial master plan, and we'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. We literally look at everything. There's no other firm out there that will do this work up front. We go as far as building you, your own personalized financial portal. We give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial life, and we're just going to hone in on every financial issue you need to address today. You need to solve for inflation. You need an income plan for retirement. How do you draw from your portfolios in the optimal way? How do you take Social Security? There's a lot of ways to take it. One right way for you, and you got to factor in your cost of living is going to double over the next 20 years. We're going to put together for you a dynamic income plan so you don't run out of money. We're going to look at diversification. Has your portfolio been like a yo-yo the last two years? Because the markets certainly have. Or have you been sitting in cash? Paralysis by analysis, can't figure out what to do. We're going to put together a full investment game plan. Tie it to your goals. And make sure that not only do you grow your money over time, but protect it. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you high-cost, fee-laden products, whether it's an annuity, a mutual fund, brokerage products, structured products. Bob and I will do a deep dive of every investment you own. Show you how to reduce the cost on your portfolio and optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make. It's what you take. You'll get our full tax playbook. We have 10 slots open. If you saved over a million dollars, and you call or text right now. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost. There's no strings attached, but you won't have a plan if you don't text or call. 844 844- 752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. So, Bob, you know, we're, we're getting close to the end of the summer here, and I always think it's a little bit of a bummer. You wake up in the morning, it's a little bit darker. Uh, that sun goes down a little earlier. And you can kind of feel like, you know, almost like falls, like almost in the air. So I thought we could talk about, just as a reminder, the fall's around the corner. Things are going to get real again. You know, busier, busier your schedule gets when the fall hits. Is what do you start, what do you need to start doing to plan and be ready for the fall and get your finances in order? You know, no time better than the present to start thinking about that. Well, you know, one of the things you got to take, pay attention to, right? The markets are volatile and you might have seen that your portfolio is going a lot, down a lot more in the last three weeks than the rest of the market, which means you're probably overweight areas that are more volatile, like tech and growth, which in my opinion is still overvalued. Yeah, no, it's a great point, right? Like mar- your portfolio moves, it gets out of whack. <laughs> you know, like when markets go up, you tend to have more risk in your portfolio because all of a sudden the money they have in the stocks is probably higher than it should be. And money in safer places like bonds, well, it's probably less than it should be. So you should always look to rebalance your portfolio to manage the risk. Because you like to say, Bob, you know, risk is only known in hindsight. It's only when the market goes down that you realize, "Uh uh-oh, I made a bad decision. So a really great proactive move you should be making right now is just looking at, is it time to rebalance? Are you overweighted in stocks? Do you have too much money in tech? To your point, which has gotten just rocked here in the last couple of weeks, but rebalancing is critical and no better time than the present to start to look at that. 
Yeah, you know, Ryan had a, a client call the other day, and he said, hey, my 401K, Bob, I'm really doing great. I've got this investment that's outperformed the S&P almost every year for the last 10 years. And I said, wow, that sounds great. What is it? He said, well, it's a technology fund. I was like, of course, hey, you're all the same thing. Um, you know, thank goodness we're able to diversify that before you saw technology take another big swan dive in the market this week. And then that's the thing about technology specifically. When it goes up, it's great. But man, when technology goes down and those mega cap stocks go down, it hurts. It hurts a lot. Um, and we saw that last year and you don't want to repeat that in your portfolio if you can avoid it. You know, don't repeat this mistakes of the past. So I think, you know, I'd urge everybody right now, and again, we look at a lot of portfolios every month. It's, you're probably overweighted in places you shouldn't be. You probably have too much money in those tech names. And it's probably a good time to just look at your balance and look to rebalance. You know, do it now, do it proactively, not reactively. You know, the other issue, Bob, we see all the time when we run financial reviews is most of us don't have our estate plan up to date. And there's nothing more critical than making sure that your assets are titled correctly. And the people that dictate if you're not on God's green earth, where your assets go are people you actually like. You know, right now, Rye, under the current estate law, and estate law changes all the time. I mean, I love Washington, D.C. You know, they put a law in place, and then two, three years later, they tear it up, and they start all over again. And, you know, you have a big estate tax credit right now. In other words, if, you know, if you passed away today and your estate between you and your spouse was under, like, $24 million, you wouldn't owe a dime in estate tax. But that sunsets, that goes away in 2025. And you really got to reassess where your, you know, estate plan stands right now. Can it stand the test of 2025? Yeah, no, it's a great point. Like this is the time you really want to start looking at, you know, what kind of proactive strategies you can possibly do. Even like little things like maybe you want to have your money in a living trust versus your name because when you're not on God's green earth, do you want the same people that run the DMV, the state? Uh, you know, essentially administering your estate, or you can avoid that altogether, avoid probate by having money in living trusts. So there's so many little nuances when it comes to estate tax planning, and a lot of us are just missing the boat on that. And now is a better time than ever to revisit it. And I know most of us probably end up at our estate plan. I'm going to guess in like 10 years plus is my experience. Well, I'm seeing a lot of my clients where I have retired to Florida, they still live in New York, they still live in New Jersey, they still live in Pennsylvania, but they still have the New York, New Jersey, and the Pennsylvania state plan, right? You need to make sure that it lines up properly with, you know, where your state of residency is. And a lot of you have moved to Florida, and I'm telling you, your state plans are not aligned with what you really think and hope is going to happen. The other terrible thing, Bob, is, you know, who the trustee or the executive of your state is. A lot of times it's someone you might not even like anymore. Maybe it's the uh, the brother-in-law who's no longer your brother-in-law who's in charge of that. It's, it, it amazes me like how many people haven't looked to see who their healthcare proxies are, their power of attorneys, and who their executors are because over time those people should change. A lot of times they do change because a lot of times the people that were, um, either they passed away or maybe they're not in the family anymore. You know, there's lots of myriad of reasons, but you really want to make sure that that's up to date as well. And most of us probably haven't updated that in a long time as well. You know, and the other thing you can't control, you can't control uh, on who your children marry, whether they stay married. Um, like, you know, we've all heard horror stories of a son-in-law or daughter-in-law that comes around and wants to take all of your money after you're gone. So sometimes not just having a simple estate plan, you want to put things in trust, you know, to help your children while you're not there, not just financially, but help them to protect them from a spouse who, 
may not be as friendly, you know, after a divorce. <laughs> yeah, no, no. See, these are these are real issues that got to be addressed right now. And the other one I would say here before the end of the year, as we come to the fall, is and we are just you know we're big proponents of this. Is what kind of tax benefits? aren't you utilizing that you should be, whether it's maybe a Roth conversion, maybe you're in a low tax bracket this year, you can convert some of your IRA money into tax-free for life, or it's just owning tax-free bonds versus taxable bonds or making sure you get all those retirement contributions in for the end of the year. But this is the time to really start to review that. I know that's what we're doing for our clients right now, Bob. Yeah, I know. A Roth conversion, it sounds sounds like something you don't need when you're a baby boomer like me. But, you know, if you're retired, you're a few more years away from – your required minimum distribution, you're in a zero tax bracket for a short period of time. It's not a bad idea to consult with your CPA, with your financial advisor, and take advantage of that because you want that money growing tax-free. I mean, I love that term, right, tax-free. You know, this government (laughs) is spending money like drunken sailors. They want all of your money. So let's do everything we can, you know, to pay the least amount of tax that we're, you know, liable for. Yeah. Tax-free is music to my ears, Bob. And if you're thinking to yourself right now, okay, these are all the issues I need to get a hold of right now or I need to address, whether it's rebalancing my portfolio, do I have too much money in the wrong areas, too much money in tech growth, do I have my estate in order, what needs to be done on that front, and just any tax advantage, I don't even know what I should be doing here till the end of the year. Well, here's your shot to do it. We still have four slots left. If you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement, Bob and I will run for you our now famous Total Financial Master Plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. We literally look at everything. No other firm out there will do this work up front. We go ahead and build you your own personalized financial portal, give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial life, and just hone in on every issue you need to address today, whether it's literally an income plan for retirement. How do you draw from your portfolios the most effective way? How do you factor in inflation? Your costs are going to double over the next 20 years. And what's the best way to take Social Security? We're going to give you a full dynamic income plan so you don't run out of money. We're going to look at diversification. Markets have been like a yo-yo for the last two years. Has your portfolio been like a yo-yo too? Or have you just been sitting in cash? Paralysis by analysis, trying to figure out what to do. We're going to put together a full investment game plan. Tie it to your goals. Show you how to grow your wealth, but most importantly, protect it with risk management over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you high-cost, tax-inefficient products, whether they're annuities, mutual funds, insurance products, brokerage products. Bob and I will do a deep dive of every investment you own. We'll show you where all the hidden costs are, show you where all the tax inefficiencies are. You'll get our full tax playbook because it's not what you make. It's what you take. We literally have four slots left. If you saved over a million dollars for your retirement, call or text us right now. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next four callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no cost, no strings attached. No other firm will do this for you at no cost up front, but we won't do it for you unless you call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, if you want to learn more about myself and Bob, simply go to bebullish.com. That's bebullish.com. You can learn more about our firm, Pain Capital Management. 
Of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E. Stay tuned. We got more, more money coming your way. This is Bob Payne, Chief Investment Strategist here at Payne Capital Management with this week's market update. This week on the Street of Dreams, all of the major indices were down over 2%, with the Dow suffering its worst week since March, while the S&P and the NASDAQ fell for a third consecutive losing week. The markets fell after the newly released minutes from the Federal Open Market Committee's July meetings show that while some officials were prepared to continue June's interest rate hike pause, members continue to view inflation as a threat and are willing to hike rates further to address it. Couple this with positive surprises from an economy that's not landing, but is actually flying high. Following better-than-expected July reports for housing starts and industrial production, the Atlanta Fed's GDP Now tracking model raised its Q3 real GDP growth rate projection to 5.8% from 5, after raising it from 4.1% earlier in the week on a better-than-expected July retail sales report. Now, unfortunately, positive economic surprises are bearish for bonds. The 10-year Treasury bond yield rose to 4.25%, its highest level since 2022. Unfortunately, higher bond yields are bearish for stocks, since prices have to be adjusted three, two, since prices have to be adjusted lower to the current rate environment. In other words, the market is correcting its recent bullish advance. Pullbacks happen every year in every market. It's the nature of markets. These occasional pullbacks have historically been followed by rebounds. Since 1974, the S&P 500 has risen an average of more than 8% one month after a market correction bottom and more than 24% one year later. There's never been a permanent dip in the history of the markets. All dips have been temporary and new highs inevitable. But we are only human. And it's funny, as investors, since we know all pullbacks in the markets in history recovered, we view all past declines as opportunities. However, we view all current and future declines as risk, as if somehow this time will be different. It's never different. From my perch, the only thing I saw this week in the markets was a decline in the price of stocks and bonds, which means their expected future rate of return went up. The only thing I heard this week was opportunity knocking. Hey, my son Ryan and I, we have 75 years of combined industry experience in building low-cost, tax-efficient, goal-based portfolios. For your free evaluation, all you need to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply give us a call at 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PL. A-N-N-Y-C. Hey, this is Bob Payne. I'm the Chief Investment Strategist of Payne Capital Management. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. 
It's More Money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with More Money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show on WABC Radio. Thank you so much for taking some of your Saturday afternoon and uh, joining the show. By the way, uh, in the Washington, D.C. area, it is an absolutely glorious day. I hope it is where you are. And after this show is over, I hope you will get out and enjoy the sunshine and fresh air and get some exercise out there. But we're going to do some mental exercise now with two of the best in the business. I've been really uh, looking forward to this segment because uh, these two guests are both backed by popular demand, two of the great crowd pleasers. Uh, I'm talking about Monica Crowley, who you all know from Fox News. She's on uh, Fox almost every day and every night uh, and was um, one of the leading officials in the uh, Trump Treasury Department, um, has a long distinguished career. Monica, thanks for joining. And then, of course, we have Anthony Esposito, who is um, the one of the chief financial advisors at Scotia Bank, and I think one of the best in the business in terms of explaining what's happening in financial markets. So, Anthony, uh, thank you to you as well for joining. Uh, Monica, I want to start with you because President Trump was bragging about you the other day. I had dinner with uh, Larry Kudlow and uh, and uh, Newt Gingrich and President Trump at, uh, at Bedminster. And he kept saying, I love that Monica Crowley. She's the best on TV. So congratulations. We were all jealous <laughs> that he likes you so much. But you're doing an wa- awesome job. So I want to get a quick handicap of what you think. Uh, is Trump going to win this nomination? And he is he. And, and the question I get asked every day by my listeners is, can Trump win? Well, first of all, it's great to be with you on this glorious August Saturday afternoon. Steve, thank you for having me. Great <laughs> to join with, with Anthony as well. And thank you for that huge compliment. It's always a big thrill every time you. you well, he mentioned you twice. He brought you up wow. twice. He kept saying, we need Monica Crowley. I want you to be <laughs> President Trump's press secretary. Uh, by the way, you can't be any worse than the current press secretary of the president. <laughs> so you would be perfect for that job. Well, thank you. And yes, the current one has certainly uh, lowered the bar dramatically for that job. That is true. Um, Well, that's very nice to hear. So thank you. And of course, I have been one of President Trump's very first supporters, literally from the moment he came down the escalator, June of 2015. I looked at him. I looked at the situation. I looked at the country and I said, not only is he going to be the Republican nominee, he's going to pull the whole thing off. And I remember getting a lot of slings and arrows at the time for saying it, but I was proven right. And I think, you know, going into next year, obviously, there's a lot of water under the bridge here uh, with President Trump. But there's also been a lot of clarity to Stephen Anthony in terms of what we now know about the existential threat that President Trump poses to the entire corrupt ruling class and all of the globalists. He must be destroyed because he cannot be allowed to succeed. Because if he succeeds, that spells the end of their entire corrupt gravy train and their great reset agenda. 
which mm-hmm. requires the end of America, certainly the end of free market capitalism and all the things that, that you talk about every week on this show, Steve. So we now know what the reality is, but we also know what the stakes are. So, number one, I think this primary is over. Uh, I think with every indictment, Donald Trump has gotten stronger in the Republican field. He now leads his closest competitor, who is now Vivek Ramaswamy and not Governor <laughs> yeah. DeSantis, right. which is stunning. Um, but he leads his nearest competitor by 40, in some cases, even 50 points. Yeah. So for all intents and purposes, this primary is over. And to your second now, now, Monica, let me just interrupt you yeah. for a second. So I agree with everything you just said. I think it is almost a fait accompli at this point that he will be the nominee. Uh, although, I, you know, there's, it ain't over till it's over. But um, the big question is, you know, if Republicans nominate Trump, are we just playing right into the Democrats' hands? Because I can't tell you how many people whose opinions I greatly respect, including my friends at the Wall Street Journal editorial board, who say, Donald Trump cannot win. Well, to the people who say Donald Trump cannot win, I say, well, he won twice. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, So there's that. Uh, To me, the real question here, Stephen Anthony, is will the deep state allow Donald Trump to win again? That is the real big question. So I think if it were a fair election, Donald Trump would walk away with this. But we know that the Democrats uh, cheat and rig elections in all kinds of ways, most of which are legal. Uh, They have found ways around it. Mark Zuckerberg's half a billion dollars and so on to get out the vote, ballot harvesting, uh, ballot curing, all the things that they do. Um, So our side better get on the ball. And, you know, time is short here until the next election to make sure that we can mirror what they're doing on the legal side. I'm talking about Monica, Uh, one quick I want to get to Anthony. I want to ask you a quick one quick question about this, you know, the legal stuff, so to speak, these indictments. If Trump is found guilty under one of these, I don't I don't know how many indictments there are, four, five, six. I mean, I I was saying to Larry Kudlow, he'll probably be indicted next week for crossing the street. But if he were to be found guilty, and, you know, this is going to be in Washington, D.C., it's going to be tough for Trump to get a fair trial. Uh, Can he still serve as president? Well, he can't get a fair trial in any of these jurisdictions except for maybe the Florida one. He may be able to get something of a fair trial there. But Washington, D.C., New York City, forget it. He's not he's they're railroading him and they're doing it on purpose. Uh, They want to secure a conviction in one or more of these jurisdictions that they want the man in prison. They want him behind bars and they're not going to stop until they get there. But, you know, these these trials take a long time to impanel juries, to either go through motions and all of these other things. It's going to take forever. And if, in fact, there is a conviction before the trial, Donald Trump will, of course, appeal that conviction. In the federal cases, it can go all the way to the Supreme Court. They can overturn it. So we have a long way to go here. I think the left's objective is next year, tie him up in court literally all day, every day with four different cases, drain his resources so that he's got to spend all of his money on legal bills and can't really focus and fly around the country. That is their ultimate goal in addition to trying to get him behind bars. All right. Let me get to, let me get to Anthony uh, now. Anthony, thanks for holding. Uh, You are one of the top financial analysts in the country. I have to confess, Anthony, that I find myself quite befuddled by this economy. You know, the latest report out by the, uh, Federal Reserve Bank is the economy is picking up some steam. 
uh, that looks like the second the second quarter was decent. The third quarter is looking like it might even be better. Uh, and yet we have all these weights that Biden has put on the economy. And I'm trying to figure out what to do with my money, Anthony. I mean, the stock market's been on a bit of a roll for the last month or two. How do you see this? How do you see it playing out over the next six months? Hey, Steve. Thanks so much for having me. Um, really a pleasure to join you and Monica this afternoon. Um, so the market has been really interesting. If we just focus on on the U.S. capital markets, uh, we obviously had a, a peak to draw, draw down from 2021 to October of 22 of about 30 yep. percent, just shy of 30 percent. And we actually found ourselves rallying back. As we rallied back, I was out to the clients throughout that rally where we had, you know, typically long and short moves within the move. But as we broke above the 4,200 level on the S&P front month futures, which is what I model, um, I started calling for 4,500, and then I called for a 4,631 top uh, to the penny. Uh, actually, that top marked the March 22 peak uh, of 4,631. Our peak recently was 4,634. So we actually missed – we overshot by literally three handles on the S&P. We're now down 6% from that resistance level, which – we had identified really in early July, which was really so. Hold on, you're saying we're six percent down from the peak that we had uh, several weeks ago? Is that yes? And that peak okay. matched the March 22 peak. So the point of where are the capital markets? I see the U.S. the U.S. S and P 500 as the proxy in a situation where we got way over our skis. Uh, momentum has faded as we were hitting that new high on that move up. We saw momentum shift to negative, which is something I focus on very closely. Uh, mm-hmm. We also saw volatility, which has been so subdued as realized vol in the options market and and implied vol in the options market had drawn down so much, meaning there wasn't a lot of fear. So people talk about the VIX index and the fear index. That VIX index was really dragging along the bottom of the barrel, but I saw some signs that it was going to pick up in early July, and we've now seen that. So coming off of the recent highs where everybody was so over their skis and it was all you know, mm-hmm. artificial intelligence, tech driving the rally, small caps were kind of you know, struggling a little bit, industrials maybe a rotation in, energy maybe a rotation in. Uh, we're now seeing momentum get sucked out of the market, the market coming back from a really strong long-term resistance level, two- to three-year resistance level. And I do see some downside here um, on the trade down to uh, about 12% lower to 3,800, which is where I have the S&P marked as a downside target on this move. Um, that's so- not to say that a long-term investor shouldn't stay invested and be invested, but I do think that the stock market is sending a signal, and that signal is – we got ahead of ourselves, and we're now going to mm-hmm. pull back. And so now isn't the best time to be putting a lot of new money into the market, is what you're saying? I would agree with that statement. I do not now, think now is if you – Yeah, okay. So let me just ask you about – just to amplify two things you were saying. One is with AI. You know, I had Kathy Wood on from ARC uh, a week or two ago. She's really high on artificial intelligence. She thinks it's going to change the world. She thinks it's going to have amazing impact on uh, just the way we work, the way we play, the way we buy things. And she's also high on uh, uh, the medical, you know, gene therapy and things of that nature. Um, so she's pretty optimistic about the future of the country in terms of these new industries that are developing. Um, and I wonder, 
Yeah, well, let's just stick with AI because everybody's so focused on that. Those stocks have had a big run up, but do you think that they're, this is a good time to, uh, are they priced out or is it good, this is a good time to get involved in, in AI investments? So as, uh, the, the short answer is, um, NVIDIA has a price to earnings ratio of 210, yep. which it could go much higher. The short <laughs> answer is, uh, Things that are going to change the world and improve our lives and be growth engines and growth stocks or sectors moving forward, that can happen even with a 20, 30, 40, 50% drawdown in those names in the short term. So I think her, I mean, she's extremely intelligent, extremely successful. And I think over the course of time, yeah, this technology will continue to drive innovation and continue to drive stock value and the markets and this great country and this world. But over the near term on a trade, could these AI stocks get cut in half? I would argue yes. And part of that is in a bear market, we talk about correlations all the time with my clients. Correlations go to one when we come down hard. When the market is crashing, there is nowhere to hide. Right? We always uh-huh. hear this right. kind of, you know, um, and that's what will happen with these names. Will some sectors outperform, meaning they're down 38% and not 45% as random numbers? Sure. But will correlations really just scream towards one where everything's coming down in those bear market scenarios, in those draw of capital out of the market scenario? Absolutely. So I think we can both be right, and I think it comes down to timing. Great advice. So, uh, Monica, back to you then. You know, we have an economy that's picked up a little bit of a steam. Certainly it's better – today than it was last summer when we had 9.2% inflation. But there are so many other worry signs out there, Monica, on the economy. Obviously, you know, there's no way Biden can win if we if the economy isn't good. And right now it's it's decent. Uh, but I guess the question I have for you is, can Trump can Trump make the case that Things were much better when he was president than they are now. I think he can, and he, he he thinks he can. What would you advise him to be talking about? He absolutely can, and he should be making this case on the economic side all day, every yep. day. Yep. Because, look, the American people don't need to reach back 40 years to remember what a booming economy was like, say, under Ronald Reagan. They only right. have to reach back two or three years to remember what a booming economy was like under Donald right. Trump. Right. And it was because of tax cuts, regulatory relief, unleashing our great energy sector and fair trade deals. Those four pillars delivered a robust economy for all Americans. It was a rising tide that lifted all boats across all demographics. So because the memory of a strong economy is so fresh for most Americans, they're going to look back and say, okay, wait a minute, this is now in stark relief. But Donald Trump is going to be, um, is going to have to uh, take take the bull by the horns and remind the American people of this, right? Because people's memories are short. Right. So he's got to remind them of that. He is always at his best when he is focused on policy yep. and not personality or shooting from the hip. I mean, that is his <laughs> style. But when yeah. he's focused on issues, particularly economic ones, yes. which are his strengths, um, he is going to be way out in front, not just of the current Republicans, but way out in front of Biden or Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama yep. or whomever the Democrats choose to run. 
That's Monica Crowley, uh, formerly of the Treasury Department. You know her for, uh, from Fox News. Anthony Esposito, back to you from Social Bank. Uh, this is a money and politics show, and I, I was wondering, you know, how do you see the presidential election as we, we turn to the funny season of, uh, of, you know, electoral politics? Certainly is going to be the dominant story of 2024. How do you see that? affecting people's investments and how they invest. You know, I think I would go back to I would go back to the first time around um, where people were looking to invest in a, a free market. People were looking yep. to invest in a market where growth was encouraged and where um, companies were encouraged to to put money to work um, and return money to investors. So I think overall uh, we could take all the all the politics and the gimmicks aside and all the indictments and, and the name calling and everything. I think Donald Trump uh, gives whether it's what people say and investors say outright for other reasons or not. Donald Trump creates a scenario where this market can grow and people would be more confident in investing in U.S. equity markets versus where we are right now. And yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Back. I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, Anthony, one other quick question about the, uh, you know, you talked about the U.S. I wonder, uh, obviously, you look at the global situation as well. China, what's your take? I mean, they've slowed down. Is the China market going to come back? Are there some buying opportunities in some of these uh, Chinese companies, or are they in sort of kind of a long-term decline? So that's a really great question. Um, the, the FXI, the Chinese large cap index, reached its peak in February of 21, and then sold off a subsequent 60%. So mark that to the U.S. markets, which sold off about 27%. Um, they've now bounced. They're still down about 50% from that high. But what's really interesting about the Chinese market is um, the Chinese Communist Party feels the need to now intervene in that market. So what they've done is they've actually asked authorities to have some investment funds avoid net selling inequities. They've asked officials to encourage companies listed on their star board, which is a tech-heavy, call it their NASDAQ board, to buy back shares. Um, they are definitely in a position, aside from, from you know, intervention with the currency, they're in a position where you can see, you can see a little bit of a scramble top-down in China, and the markets mm -hmm. have not bounced and are not as strong technically as the U.S. markets have and are. So I would say China is still a red flag at this point. Um, I think yeah. it has some work to do. The equity markets have some technical work to do as far as the charting, which is clear, obviously, where I live. Um, there's some work to do there to show some some real return or, or uh, kind of retracement back towards those highs. And with the, the, the government in China intervening the way it is, I think it, it sends a, a little bit of a, a scary signal and a warning sign. So those markets for me are still – not only are those markets dangerous, but that overflow and as a leading indicator into the U.S. and developed markets, uh, Western markets, is also um, concerning. So what, just quick, uh, one other quick question. Uh, what, other, what country do you like right now? I think the U.S. remains the safe haven. Um, wow. To be perfectly wow. honest with you, the U.S. has always been and will remain the yep. safe haven. Um, short of any major event, uh, short of any, we've seen actually Mexico have a really great yep. year and outperform massively. But um, net net, uh, from my view and from all the clients I speak to, um, the United States remains the safe haven market. 
Great answer. I love that. I love that answer. Okay, Monica, um, I got to challenge you with something, uh, Monica, that you said, Monica, where you said you claim that you knew that Donald Trump was going to win in 2016 from the time he came down that escalator. And, uh, you know, I remember when that happened and I thought, what is this, some kind of a publicity scheme by this guy? You know, I didn't know much about Donald Trump. But are you being totally honest? You knew he was going to win. I knew he was going to win. I knew it viscerally, <laughs> Steve. Um, and I've told him this story. By the way, Monica, actually... Monica, nobody else thought he was going to win. <laughs> People claim so now, but I actually have the record because I went on Fox okay. News. I went on Bill O'Reilly. I went on Don Imus. Literally okay. within a couple of di- weeks of Trump coming down the escalator. And I said, guys, stop laughing. Do not underestimate him. He is going yes. to pull the whole thing off. And so, you know, President oh, Trump saw oh, me say that. All right, that, Monica, I'm going to take forgot. your word for it. I got one minute left. Is Donald Trump going to be the next president of the United States? Yes. <laughs> how, how confident are you of that? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, the big question is, will the deep state allow him to be president again? That's the question. And that those are the dark forces we all have to fight. Yeah. So, Anthony, uh, last question for you. Uh, by the way, thanks to both of you for taking some time off on the Saturday afternoon and joining me. This has been a great conversation, and uh, and our listeners love to get your advice and sage investment uh, strategies. Just taking into – I know you don't get involved in politics too much, Anthony, but assuming that Monica is right, and she's oftentimes right, not always right, but she's most of the time right. Uh, do, how do you see that? I mean, if people, if you thought that Trump was going to win the election, is that going to cause fear or is that going to cause some excitement uh, from investors? Look, I am, I am a supporter of 45, and I think that causes <laughs> a great deal of excitement on many levels in this country. Uh, All right. The- I love it. Be bullish, right? Okay, thanks, guys. This is the More Money Show on WBC. Have a great weekend, folks.